Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Simone Riscala, and you are listening to the Endow Podcast, a conversation not just about the feminine genius in general, but about cultivating your particular feminine genius through the Catholic intellectual tradition and intentional community. Well, hello, Endow ladies, Simone here, and I'm this is going to be so fun because this is an interview with Claire Furquist, right, Claire? Am I saying your name right? Very close. Okay, very close. This is is now a tradition on the Endowed Podcast, me butchering people's lovely last names. It's the first time I've tried to pronounce a Swedish-Finnish-ish last name, so there we go. (laughs) And I'm also here with Laura Zimbrana, our Director of Content. Welcome, ladies. Welcome to the Endowed Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Simone. I'm excited because we've just been, I was just telling Claire before we press record that I am so, we're just so excited and endowed to release this next study on Catholic social teaching. It's it's felt like we've been waiting forever. It's also been in the middle of a pandemic, which feels like an extra 20 years on top of our usual uh, patience required. But I wanted to talk to both of you at the same time because Claire, you not only authored the study, but Laura, you conceived of this study. So it was an inspiration from your heart. So I want to hear your heart on that. Um, and then also Claire, you just seem to, and I, you know, I've only gotten to know you a little bit through Endow, but I've heard about you for years through my friend, Christina Dehan Jolloway, which I had on the Endow podcast for the Advent series. When we talked about Ratzinger's book, what it means to be a Christian. And she would just go on and on and on. My friend, Claire, this, my friend, Claire, that she's just so <laughs> amazing. And she'd tell me all the cool things that you're up to in your life. And, and she didn't use these words, embodies Catholic social teaching and her very being and personal vocation. But I mean, that's <laughs> basically what I picked up because <laughs> you've done a lot of cool things. So you're a wife, you're a mother of six, right? Claire, six. Yes, that's right. Yeah pregnant with your sixth and um, said that you've, you know, lived in a Catholic worker neighborhood in, in South Bend and, and you run, you know, help run a Montessori school. You have chickens. So Claire, tell us a little bit about yourself, you wonderful woman. <laughs> well, let's see. I was actually a convert to Catholicism um, as a high school student and had the very great blessing of going to University of Notre Dame. And I feel like I was just very formed by people who are very radical. And I always had a desire to be very radical in my faith. I think that was something that was modeled to me. Even as a Protestant growing up, my parents took us actually overseas as missionaries. And I think there is always this just, yeah, like strong desire for in my heart to be authentic and to be what a Protestant might call like sold out for Jesus. I was interested in the real deal. I didn't really want to just be going through motion. So I always, I always gravitated to those kinds of people and those kinds of mentors and God really just, yeah, allowed me to go on such a journey of um, discipleship really under the inspiration of a lot of really amazing women and men. I would say, especially a couple of women that were just heroes of mine. It was really a joy to be able to write about some of them in this study, actually. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, I heard also about your wedding. What an incredible event that was. Can you share just a a little bit about it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my husband and I met through the Catholic worker community. Um, We actually met over a sink full of dishes and we were just talking about our life, (laughs) discussing music and saying jokingly like, ha ha, we should start a band. And then we did, we ended up starting this like very ad hoc little uh, bluegrass Catholic worker band. And that morphed into- everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it 
see what I'm talking about? Okay, keep going. (laughs) You know, it was just, it was a, it was a very wonderful time in life when everything was possible. So before you have six children, you know, you can start band, (laughs) but our wedding was really just like a, a, it was an expression of our, of our community. Really. It was a sense that we had been really blessed by these amazing communities. My husband, my husband was in the MDiv at the time at Notre Dame. We were living um, on the street with the Catholic worker community. Um, My husband was on staff at the worker. And so it was just sort of like a community event where everyone pitched in and we had my students from the Montessori school were the little waiters. And it was just so fun to find a role for everybody. I felt like that was one of our goals was just to give everyone a way to participate and to make it um, kind of like an old fashioned barn raising where you just all do it together. And it was so fun. And there was a lot of live music and yeah. And yeah. Very like, like true solidarity, almost like a microcosm of how life should be totally um, just everybody has a role place. It's organic. It's grassroots. It's, it's beautiful. It's creative. It's, and it's happy. Yeah, that was sort of a special time in our life when that kind of thing was really possible. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I've been dying to ask you for (laughs) for now, even though I didn't even know you were, but I just kept hearing about it and just (laughs) the event that it was, you know, but, um, okay. So Laura, so you, um, tell us a little bit about your heart and wanting to study. Why did you want it? Um, what it, you know, what does it mean for us to, to study Catholic social teaching? Just, you know, Tell What's us. on my heart, Simone? So, tell me about your heart. Me, me being me, I, I need to find some like data points here. So, I actually found the email, sir, that I wrote you back in September of 20, 2019, and like why I want CST and like why I wanted you. And our CST study like perfectly answers my desires <laughs> back in the September. <laughs> so, I, I was like literally, I'm like reading the email. It's exact like what you gave us in the study is exactly like what I wanted. Um, okay. So my heart, so I've done endow study for the last 10 years. Um, love being able to encounter the church documents and like actually like, like have my life be changed through the church's teaching. So when you act, you know, when you like actually read the words and you realize that like one of the words for me, it's like huge is when Pope Benedict says that like objective truth became a person and that person like knows me and loves me. Um, like for me, when I read that and like wherever, probably, yeah, I know, I know name all of a sudden it answered for me so many of my life's questions. Um, so at Endow, I love how the studies are not just like words on a page, but they actually, when you read them, they change the way that you look at the whole world. So when in 2019, I was given the title director of content, so I had to kind of figure out what that <laughs> means and all of that. So when uh, we got like a new, all these new study ideas, right? Everybody loves having ideas at Endow. So there are all these like I'd like like different topics that were coming up, and the topic that for me I really wanted our endowed women to encounter was Catholic social teaching. Um, first of all, because it when I studied it at Notre Dame, it was like a whole. When I, I went to grad, to graduate school at Notre Dame, and when I encountered these documents, all of a sudden, like I didn't have this, I couldn't use the same categories that I grew up with in normal American Catholicism. All of a sudden, the documents from Rome over the last 150 years, from Leo um, to, yeah, yeah Pius XII, which you know all this really well. But to find all, all these documents that I'm encountering, these popes encountering real social issues, I couldn't just use my American, like, conservative, liberal 
broad strokes. And I feel like often we get very broad strokey in American Catholicism. So I really, I appreciated how I was pushed to a new depth by actually reading these documents and grappling with the problems of the time. So I wanted to provide for endow women that same encounter with like, there is a whole, it's not just like, oh, what kind of Catholic are you? Like, that's not the right question. Like it's, are you actually like meditating upon Christ's message in the here and now with your fellow Catholics? Um, so the minute that I thought of CST, I was like, I have to, get, I have to see if Claire can do Why this. Claire? Why Claire? Okay. So <laughs> you're like embarrassed Claire. Probably not. Um, so Claire, I knew Claire mostly like through her husband and through Ben and Marianne were in my class at Notre Dame and they were like best friends with Claire. And I always had like a friend crush on Claire. because I, I was like too busy and wanted to become her friend closer. And she, and also Jess as another good friend of ours. And Claire just like, again, from like one step removed, just again, like you're hearing, just embodied like CST. Like yeah. I breathe, I breathe and beautiful things happen. And you're just like, <laughs> how? Like She sold out like, on Jesus. She sold out. Yeah. And like, she sold really, out. That's <laughs> she, and like, and she just like, and like imbues it, yeah. like everything she does. And like, and Dan- Danielle Rose is another great, great friend of mine. And she's a great friend of Claire. So just like all these people that I admired, like all know Claire. And I was admired Claire. So I was like, I wonder if she would write this for me. And the other side, the other huge thing that, that I don't think someone knows this. So when I was packing up my, my little house in South Bend and getting ready to move back to California, that was the same night that you guys did the Les Mis performance. Oh my goodness. Wow. So Les Mis, so Les Mis for me, you know, everyone else grows up with Les Mis. Okay. I didn't grow up with Les Mis. I didn't like know about it <laughs> at all. Les Miserables for those who are listening. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. <laughs> I can hear my mother saying, Les Mis, Les Miserables. <laughs> so Claire and a bunch of the people at the Catholic Worker put on a Les Miserables uh, performance at the Catholic Worker. So I was in this very like intense moment in time. I graduated from Notre Dame, moving back to California, trying to find my life purpose and my job and whatever, scrubbing my floors. And then I'm like, I got to leave. I got to go see this performance. And I had only seen the movie. So I hadn't like seen a play or I hadn't like known, known the, the music my whole life. And they put on a full performance, like full costumes, full everything to the point where like the bishop is singing and like an actual homeless person walks in the door because it's a Catholic worker. Oh it was, it was an incredible evening. So again, I mean that Claire is somebody for me who embodied like not just like she lived it out, but she also clearly like believed in what she was doing and everything she touches becomes like, like humane and and integrated and beautiful. Sorry, Claire, poor Claire, like totally on the spot right now. (laughs) (laughs) She's loving this. Um, Okay. So then since you brought up Les Miserables, um, tell me, because that actually comes up in the study. So let's move to transition to a little bit of the content of the study yeah. and what, I guess, Claire, what was the experience like writing it? And then from both of you, I'd like to hear, you know, uh, you know, what just, just some of the content and what women can look forward to and, and why they should study it. Why, why should they study? Yeah. This? I, <laughs> when, when Laura first proposed this 
sort of vast topic. It's a pretty, <laughs> I was a very, I yeah, was a little overwhelmed. Is social teaching, right? Yes. It's a large, it. a large topic. So I, I thought like, wow, this could be approached from so many different directions. And I feel like we had to go through a number of, or I at least was going through a number of just ways that you could present this. And um, Laura graciously sent me some ideas from other endowed studies. And I just really loved the personal touch of Endow to tell people's stories very personally and not to get too caught up in the heady. I was a little intimidated by the idea of presenting all the teaching because it's so, it can be very intellectual. Um, the documents themselves are often written by philosophers. You know, these popes are very, they can be very heady, but I really loved um, the idea of being able to present story alongside of the teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's where the idea of Les Miserables came from. I, it, with each With each chapter, one thing that Laura and I bounced ideas off of was just to, to include story with um, a particular aspect of CSD. And so how is it embodied? How does it kind of come to life through a particular story, whether that be a saint or in the case of Les Miserables, it's a work of fiction, but I felt very moved by the idea of, you know, in enlightenment France, one of the most powerful stories of faith in that time, I believe was like Hugo's response, Victor Hugo's response to what was going on in France and all of the revolutions and all of the upheaval and really a destruction of the church in in, in France and Europe in general because of enlightenment thinking. Um, yes. Yes. He sort of takes this on to the person of Jean Valjean. And I think it's just like one of the most powerful stories ever written really about the Christian message. It's such a gospel story of redemption. Mm-hmm. So it was really special to be able to write that. Um, I love Les Mis and grew up with the music and was so honored and blessed to be a part of that musical. And then to be able to write about it. And a lot of, as I said, a lot of my heroes along the way, like Mother Teresa, especially. And um, uh, St. Gianna's in there. Gianna, Mm -hmm. St. Therese. Yeah, it was just really special. And I really tried to focus and with Laura's guidance on women in each of the eras that these documents were coming out who really embodied um, these teachings. Like, for example, um, Edith Stein with Solidarity, Mm -hmm. like the way that she just entered deeply into solidarity with her Jewish brothers and sisters and um, gave her life for them, really. And so anyway... I, I, it was just such a privilege to write it. Honestly, it was very transformative for me because I didn't actually do the MDiv at Notre Dame. And so I was encountering a lot of these documents um, in a fresh way. And it was just so special to be able to meditate on them and pray with them and then write. Um, mm-hmm. It was a very beautiful process for me. Uh, that's so beautiful. And I love the fact that it's a historical yeah, I mean, 100% when you say, yeah, write a study guide on Catholic social teaching, you're like, well, that's like everything, right? Because, <laughs> you know, like, what do you mean? So then take, take it historically, you know, be kind of beginning in Genesis. And so we have this, you know, this, the concept of like, and it wasn't called um, Catholic social teaching. It was actually called like Catholic civil teaching, you know, um, and then the fact that the way that we conceive of, of Catholic social teaching today is modern Catholic social teaching, which in many ways starts with Leo the 13th. But the truth is, is that Catholic social thought is earlier than that. And in fact, when you talk about the French enlightenment, you know, the, the, the French revolution, a modern Catholic social teaching was born out of a reaction to the fact that there was a revolution. It destroyed 
all the, the three essential societies and the social order, you know, um, marriage, family, the church and so forth. So, so it's, it's, we have to have our categories and understand like who the key players are in terms of modern Catholic social thought. But then I think this was something that was really big on your heart, Laura, that we talked about a lot, which is that in fact, social relationships existed right from the beginning. So, you know, we need yeah. to, let's talk about, let's just start in Genesis. Let's be in there. Obviously this isn't a comprehensive study, but it is going to be, I think a really nice, introduction and taste and survey of kind of, you know, and, and the fact that we don't want these uh, social encyclicals to just remain on the pages as like super intimidating intellectual and right. see that in fact, in some ways to great ex- more or less, we're all living that because we're all living in relationship with each other. So then it becomes then a personal examination of conscience, right. Uh, going, going through it. And I think it's a great time to study this study. It's a, it's a great time. Um, and I was cracking up because just as we were uh, talking about the imprimatur and all this kind of stuff, um, Bishop Barron just released his like CST collection and then Ascension Presents released theirs, Catholic <laughs> Social Teaching. I'm like, hey, endows and stuff with the Holy Spirit, all the Catholic <laughs> Social Teaching is coming out. So it's a great time for it, especially after what we all lived in the pandemic, what are still living in many ways in the pandemic and, mm-hmm. and what we saw last year, especially for American Catholics, but of course, in Dow is global as well. So it's a great time. I can't wait for all of you listening to, to study, to study this incredible study guide. I can't wait. I can't wait for this to be out. Um, what else? What else should I ask you in our last five minutes, our last few minutes together? What else do we need to tell our <laughs> wonderful Dow family about this? There's too much. I don't know. I I mean, I think like, again, for me, the big hope with this is what for each of the women who encounter Catholic social teaching to like to be transformed, like to read that, like to read the the historical documents, to read the examples at the end, each of the different saints. We talked about Moses in chapter one, talk about St. John, talk about Dorothy Day, think about St. Therese. Um, Claire does a really cool thing in chapter two with like, Nietzsche and Therese and it's just like the the docu like the study guide will provide you like a fresh set of lenses to look at your faith so I'm really excited for, for people to get to encounter and read it and be transformed and it's like to me it's I don't I mean I don't say you have to like buy the study but you do have to at some point in your life encounter CST you have like to actually take the step to figure out what does it mean to be a Catholic in today's society and not to compartmentalize to Sunday or to your personal prayer, but like these things all need to like weave beyond your categories and like let Jesus like open up your categories. So, so Laura so. and Claire, my, my question to you is then how, cause you said it was a, tra- it was transformative Claire. And I would say, well, gosh, Claire was one of those people that I've heard about for a decade who seems to be, who embodies Catholic social teaching. Um, how did it change you? And then Laura, I want to hear how, how working through it as director of content, how it changed you. I, um, I would say that I sort of had encountered CST through the back door of just like a lot of people um, that I knew who introduced me to various figures. Like I, I almost feel like I knew the stories first before I knew the teachings yeah. Mm-hmm. And so much about um, the way we think about our faith and about the gospel is what I would call like personalism, which bring, comes up in a number of the chapters. And this notion of the person being at the heart of our faith, like really, it's very simple. It's actually quite a simple idea that the human person 
should be at the center of how we think about everything. Yeah. And um, so what I think was so transformative was to see that fleshed out in these really rich documents, mm-hmm. to encounter these popes who were addressing really particular and really intense seasons of our history, particularly in the late 19th and then 20th century. Um, I think I just had no idea like how much the church took on at that time in order to really try to save the human person at a time when we were being really um, just bombarded by evangelism and war and effort on so many different fronts to destroy what it means to be really human. And I just feel like the church was at the forefront of saving that notion of what it meant to be human. And that was just like so incredible to read about and then to be able to weave that narrative in and show that really from the beginning, God in the Genesis and then all the way through scripture and then through the church's authority and teaching has been the biggest champion of the human person, like by far. And it's just so exciting actually, because not a political category. It's just like a deeply real human and glorious truth. I mean, it's it's political in so far as human dignity ought to be the number one value (laughs) of all of our political relationships, right? And in that sense, man, it's a political animal, but it's not political in that the human person gets reduced to these you know, at least I'll speak as an American, American categories, which don't always take into account wherever you swing politically, the personalist principle that whenever we make judgments about the public square and how we ought to live together, that the dignity of the human person is the first point of departure. That's right. Um, thank you for bringing that up, Claire. That's awesome. Laura, and how have you changed? Um, I mean, it's a joy getting to work on it with Claire and like the, yeah, just the whole, the process of watching for me, the, I guess the transformation is I came into the church or into the fullness of faith probably more through documents than through stories. So to see Claire take these documents and like create narrative out of, I mean, it's just a joy to watch that transformation. Um, and for me personally, um, I feel like definitely how God how God works on my heart is like starting the documents and applying it to my daily life, and so getting to see Claire do that in in each of the chapters um, was very very powerful. So for me, it's the transformation of like yes, human dignity, absolutely. But then it's like oh yeah, my dignity, my family, <laughs> you know, like my family's yeah. dignity, you know, like yeah. my coworker Simone's dignity. Like it makes like the, doing the study like actually makes me think about like these big topics that I could talk to you about, but actually like living them out. Um, and I love, again, love how Dow takes these big church documents and breaks it into like, but my life, but how do I like actually apply this to my life? And by me applying it to my life, then it allows like the gospel to be spread across our communities. So that's how it changed me. Love it. As a, as our beloved Ratzinger says, if faith doesn't become culture, then it's not really faith. Mm, uh, <laughs> so any, any concluding thoughts, ladies, this was just like such a pleasure to talk to you about this again. Like we're so excited to get this out. So <laughs> any, any last minute things, any, anything that you want to say to our listeners, our, our women and our, our faithful men, those, uh, those faithful few, those happy few that represent the masculine genius <laughs> that listen to this podcast. <laughs> any final thoughts? I would just echo what Laura said that even if you don't end up doing this study formally, um, pick up some of the church documents on CST and just 
try to delve into some of the stories that are so pivotal, I think, um, in our church's history that really highlight. I just think there's so much there. Um, and I think this is a good way to do it. The study is very accessible. Mm-hmm. I try to make it as accessible as possible so that you don't have to be in graduate school to read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like my parting thoughts, I feel like the implicit invitation and like at each chapter ends with like a different figure or a different story. And I feel like the implicit like ninth chapter is like your story. Like how are you entering into this like narrative of, of CST? Um, and I think that I would have no idea that there would be a pandemic when I email Claire. <laughs> so like there seems like there seems to be like a definitely a new moment in my opinion and like how women are like entering into society and like how we're meant to be heal like to heal our our families and our society and like that to me like you you'll do that the best by actually knowing what narrative you're joining. Um, so what what a great in such a polarized uh, at least uh, polarized American culture again I don't want to always talk about America because CST is we're the Catholic Church we're universal and and endows universal as well but what a great you know proposal for endowed women to make to maybe people that they necessarily like wouldn't invite into an endowed group but to say hey here's a CST study you know it's a it's it's a hot button you know story of thinking what a great way to have the endowed study and uh, the endowed group be kind of that safe space for authentic dialogue and to get us outside of our, you know, ideological thinking or, or our, right. our divisions or our cancel culture and just say, Hey, here's this like safe place where we can actually talk uh, and grow in friendship. And I think that would, is a fantastic way to begin to heal the culture is kind of opening up the dialogue when so much, so much dialogue has been shut down. So anyway, thank, thank you so much ladies. And uh, can't wait to talk to you guys about, about the study and what's what's it doing in our women's lives once it's out there so thank you both so much thanks simone if this episode was helpful for you please consider sharing it with a friend or two we would also appreciate it so much if you left a rating and review so that more women can discover endow and our mission to help women cultivate their unique feminine genius please also check out the link below To learn how to become a monthly donor to help defray podcast production costs. And, of course, if you'd like to talk to me about joining or starting your own endowed group, please email me at simone.riscala at endowgroups.org. And remember, you are the heart of endowed.